Leaders in tech are burning out at an absurd rate. Control-Alt-Delete with Lisa Jury is a no-BS conversation with one of the top female executives who spent over 25 years in Silicon Valley. If you're suffering from the always-on, never-good-enough-will-replace-you-today machine called the tech space, this show's for you. Here's Lisa. One. I have a question for you today, and that is, have you ever been in a situation where you purposefully uh, didn't tell somebody something at work or worked around a certain group or potentially um, built your own process instead? I mean, I'm going to raise my hand. I am guilty of this. And I just want to say, yes, I have. Um, And I know it's not a good thing. And I know it doesn't work. And sometimes it feels like that's the only way to get results. So whether that's happening at work, whether that's happening, volunteering at school, whether that's happening in your family, um, I invite you to take a listen in today because we have somebody here who specializes in smashing silos. And I had to have her here because listen, I'm seeing this in the clients I'm working with right now. And I'm, you know, we're, we're absolutely having the tough conversations and creating the strategies. And yet this is not my genius zone. It's something I know it's something I'm guilty of. It's something I've, you know, kind of wiggled my way through at times, but oh my gosh, to have an expert in silos today. I'm so excited. Kiki Orski, thank you for being on control. I'll delete. Ah, so excited to be here, Lisa. Thank you. Thanks for this opportunity. You're welcome. I mean, listen, um, here's what I want to say. I'm not even going to give you like 17 sentences about Kiki's greatness. You're going to know right away when you hear her talk. Um, but Kiki, can you hold up your book so everybody just gets a chance? This is the forthcoming book that I want you all to have, Smash the Silos. No joke, okay? Um, she's got a YouTube channel where she shares her insight. She does amazing work with her clients. And Kiki, I just... You know, as the CEO on a mission to smash the silos, the CEO who's actually been in silos, who has actually smashed them with your own um, experience, as well as the proprietary process that you bring into your clients, um, you know, peak performance consulting, tell us about it. Like, what's your sweet spot and genius zone working with these executive teams? Thank you, Lisa. I, the reason why I'm even on this journey about smashing silos is probably because in the past, I was the biggest culprit. Wow. Uh, so I've been there. I've been where you are. I've been where your leaders are, where they're trying to get better results and not sure why we're not moving the needle. Mm-hmm. And after some pretty critical feedback, honest feedback, deep dialogue, I realized at that time I was... Um, probably part of the problem, uh, (laughs) why my teams weren't moving forward. And so Mm. that's what I've been working on for the last 20 years in my business. I work with executive teams, helping them to work more collaboratively and more cohesively together because they need, every department needs each other to succeed. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we get so caught up in our own area of expertise that we think we can do it alone (sighs) and we can't. So that's why I'm on this journey to help. I mean, I listen, so much there to unpack right away. And I just want to, I want to highlight something that the reason I wanted you here today and to have this conversation is I am a firm believer through my own life experience and with the clients that we support that silos are a part of silos contribute to burnout, right? So when I was raising my hand, um, part of me like working around things and building my own departments and doing my own thing because 
it got done faster into our standards, right? Into our quality care abouts. Um, that contributes to burnout, right? It's, it's, you're, here's the thing that's so wild about tech. You're always on feeling never good enough and worried you're going to get replaced tomorrow. And how much comfort and security is there if you can navigate, build some of those silos and then be like, guess what? You need all this. Do you know what I mean? Like we can't live without it. But the bigger picture, the bigger picture I want to unpack with you today is that's like a short-term fix that leads to burnout, lost productivity, missed product releases, massive tension. Um, you know, you can, you can, you know what it does because you live in this space. So like walk me through, um, I think there's four pillars to this, right? As far as what I've been learning through your um, lens, can you just walk us through that? And maybe let me give you an example of what, what I'm talking about. So a lot of times in tech, you've got your product teams, right? They reach with, they, they work with the customers, they understand the needs, they work with R&D, they give those the feedback back. The sales teams come in and the customer needs this now. And then the engineering teams are like, we have a schedule, we're working on it, right? But everybody's coming at them with different things. And then they'll be, instead of going to the team and the process they should, they go around and through to highlight and escalate and, you know, make their things the most important. And what I, what I see so much is like the interpersonal dynamics that play out. And then people that feel like I have every right to break the rules and others that are like, I'm a rule follower and I'm going to follow the process. So I just want to paint that picture that, you know, that's a dynamic playing out almost every day that I see in tech. And it is, uh, you can take out the word tech, Lisa, mm -hmm. and that's a dynamic that I see in organizations every day. Mm. Right? You mean they're not special, Kiki? Come on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> every one of you is special. Right? Every one of you is special and unique, yet you all share the same challenges. Mm -hmm. How's that? And I think yeah. it goes back to we're all humans. Yeah, right. And I think that's probably one of the biggest lessons is understanding mm -hmm. that we are all humans in this. And oftentimes silos uh, start to get stronger and stronger and more formidable when people start making mistakes. Mm. And so it's, it's, the, it's the exact opposite of understanding that we're all human, right? Oh. Because we will make mistakes, that we're, mm -hmm. we're going to miss deadlines. But when we start to say, oh, I can't have that happen anymore, I'm going to hunker down and do it myself. Oh my gosh. That's when we start building up that formidable fortress that doesn't allow the flow of information, which is what it, it's, it's the, it's the lifeblood of every organization, right? Information in between yeah. departments. That's what we need. Mm. And if I could just jump on one thing, Lisa, please do. What you said was, you know, um, burnout, right. For that individual. And, and that's why, when you talk about the four pillars, I started with personal. Mm. Let's go girl. Everything yep. I do. Yep. With my leadership team starts. With Tell us that. about it. Tell us these four pillars. Let's go there. Cause listen, I know people are leaning in they're, they're you know, they're probably like, Oh, it's not me. And then they're like, Oh, it's totally me, but yeah. I'm not, you know, looking around anyone listening. Cause I know I can get some, some good stuff here and actually move the needle. But I, I have a feeling they're also scared. Like shit, you're going to tell me I got to change what I'm doing. Mm. Oh God. You know what I mean? So mm. let's start with the personal and we'll do, let's do the four pillars. Yeah. So, yeah. and I'd be happy that you don't even think about changing anything. Just be aware. Right? Oh, let's just invite people to be aware. Yeah, that because if you don't know it's happening and you call it something else, like I'll, I'll give you an example. I was just with a client and they were debating with me. Oh, but Kiki, um, silos are just, that, that's my department. And, <laughs> you know, so yep. like, I'm, I'm not here for the debate. I'm here for the juicy conversation. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to say, let's explore how, 
whatever words we're using could be impacting you, your success, your, your well-being, your, your health. Um, because once, once we begin to smash the silos and, and break away those, uh, th those barriers, uh, then life gets a little bit easier for a leader, mm. regardless of your industry. Because then it's no more, I have to do it all myself. And so, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I invite yeah. you to say, well, which pillar will I work on first, right? Which principle, which quadrant, right? Because there's four. Um, yeah. And I really want to, and I want to stay with that awareness piece because here's what mm -hmm. I know. Like there's so many of us that want to get right into action. And then if it feels too big, it's like, oh, I'm just going to ignore it. And I, I'm guilty of this too. Like I am human in this world. Um, mm -hmm. And yet the awareness piece, when I just even pause and reflect on that, something happens in me where I'm, I have a little bit more patience and understanding and I have like the slightest shift in uh, thinking. And so to just the invitation today is for a building awareness. It's the, a beautiful invitation. Yeah. So yeah, let's do it. Let's start personal. Is that pillar one? Yeah. Pillar okay. one. Tell us about and, that. And the nice thing is when you don't have to change anything, like it, like the, you know, your neurons are not firing anymore. Like crap, crap, protect me, protect me. Yeah. Right. Fight or flight. Shit. More work to do. It's, ah! Yeah. It's okay. Right? Danger, danger. So, yeah. 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 Stranger danger. So the <laughs> first one, the first one is personal, personal okay. responsibility. And Personal responsibility talks about how you show up every day at work, knowing that there's a potential for silos and silo mentality in your organization. And I bring this to everyone's attention because I want to make sure you're not the culprit. Mm -hmm. right? And there's a difference between a, a well-run department and a silo. So could I take a moment right here, Lisa, to kind of make this differentiation? So Please. Yes. Understand. Let's do it. Departments are needed, right? Mm -hmm. Well-run departments are needed for any organization to scale. Any office, department, organization. You need structure. Uh, you need that. You need people to work well together. When I talk about silos, I'm not talking about a well-run department, which you all should be doing as leaders. I'm talking about that intercollaboration, interrelationship, interprofessionalism that we all need with everyone else in our organization. And um, so thank you for allowing me to do this because yeah, yeah. I'll give you a funny story. When I first yeah. started writing the book, Smash the Silos, my husband, who I've been married to, to over 30 years, and I said, hey, uh, what do you think of the name of this book, Smash the Silos? He looked at me with such thoughtfulness and he said, Kiki, I didn't know you worked with farmers. <laughs> like, I don't, not yet. O-M-G, right? And how beautiful. Right? So yeah, we are not talking about farming today, although I'm sure it can apply. It can, right? No, yeah. right? So when you think about, so thank you for letting me do this because when you think about silos and farming, it's just like a well-run department, right? Mm -hmm. It's that container of information or expertise uh, to make sure it doesn't get intermingled and, and, and dissipate all over, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing silos do in farming. Keep, keep all your wheat and your corn together where it's supposed to be, no intermingling. But when you think about silos, mm -hmm. I'm going to invite you to think of it from a different perspective and think about a castle. Mm. The silo in an organization is like a castle, this really big, strong, formidable structure, right? And usually it's surrounded by a moat. Mm -hmm. And you're inside that silo, right? You're inside that castle with this tiny little window. You're looking out 
but nobody can see him. And then there's this moat, right? This water, this, this separation between your department or you and everyone else. That's preventing easy access in or out. And so when we think about silos in business from that perspective, like little islands of expertise, that's where we start to see the challenge. And when you believe personally that first quadrant, that um, A, your stuff means more than others, or um, um, your results are more important, or I, I'm going to do it all myself, or that I, 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 or it's okay if I do it, you know, I don't know about mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. When you have that kind of mentality, it A, leads to burnout because you can't do it all yourself. B, it doesn't matter how smart you are, how tenured you are, how experienced you are, you need help and you need input from other departments, right? I don't care if it's a vendor who supplied the chair you're sitting on or it's the, you know, the purchasing agent who bought the paper you're writing on or another department with the numbers you need to get your Mm-hmm. Uh, get your work forward or a, or a proposal or, or the data to put into your software, right? To do your code, whatever yep. it is, you can't do it alone. And when you, when you kind of like absorb that and say, not only I can't do it alone, but I shouldn't. Wow. Then a lot mm-hmm. of the stress begins to trickle off your shoulders in my, in my opinion. Well, when I'm hearing you talk, I actually relaxed. Like when you were, you were drawing the castle and the moat and I was feeling all tense, right? And I was very much, you know, to use another frame for a second, I was feeling like fixed mindset. Our way is the only way. This is the way it needs to be done. Then you drew, you know, people can't see in and you were co- talking to conversations of what you need from others and how they work together. And I started relaxing and I started feeling like growth mindset, like, you know, honestly, my, how I experienced myself in those moments. Mm-hmm. So I would, I also would say being curious is one of the things that at the personal responsibility level that from an awareness standpoint is the beautiful invitation to just simply notice where are those castles, mm-hmm. you know, and are, how, how fortified is yours? Yeah. Because clearly you're part of a bigger organization. <laughs> you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. Yeah. Your analogy there with that castle, I think I'm going to remember forever. Thank Good. you for doing that. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Much pleasure. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, is that many of us as specialists, right? You're an IT specialist. I'm a nurse by profession. Uh, we were taught to CYA. Totally. Right? Yep. So, so when I'm presenting to many people and I've had presidents I've had physicians of it. Kiki, I was taught to be the expert. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we have to like give it up a little bit and say, I don't know. Tell me more. Uh, how mm-hmm. could we do it better? Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I know in the past, probably one or two of you relied on somebody else and they failed you. And so you did it yourself. And so now that's your go to, right? Mm-hmm. That's your go to way. Um, but I'm going to challenge you the, the more you recognize that it could be easier when you eliminate those barriers for mm-hmm. you. I, I, I think the more you experience ease, the more likely you are to be open to smashing the silos. I, I have a question. Sure. Can you, as a leader, right? And I'm thinking about burnout in my own experience as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like I just had this, I don't know, this picture that showed up in my mind's eye, which is that at times I was also a a one person silo, not even at the department level. 
that when you talk about personal responsibility, what showed up for me when you were talking was even delegating and empowering your team and sharing information. Um, I'm, I'm taking it to like the individual level now when you were talking, thinking about, you know, the double dog dare I give most of my clients is what information are you not sharing that you should be and why? And it just made me think about that. So it, do you define, like, can a person be a silo? Oh yeah. So if you, I, I, and maybe that's, remember I told you about my um, experience and how mm-hmm. I got a little dose of my own medicine. So I remember I had done an exercise with, I, I ran an outpatient. I was back in healthcare. This is over 20 years ago, Lisa. Um, and one person, I did a manager manager exercise, which is one of the things I think is just wonderful with your vertical team right now. This is not yeah. horizontally throughout. And somebody gave me the feedback that I did not listen to anybody, that I asked questions to make it look like I was interested, but I really wasn't listening to the answer. And so there I was putting myself and insulating myself and protecting myself um, and make, trying to make it look like I was interested. Mm-hmm. But in that respect, I wasn't. And they called me on it. Wow. And I was a little shocked, though. but it was a dose of my own medicine. So yeah, so when we, we have to be careful as leaders, right? It's not the, it, it's the do as I say and the do as I do. Mm-hmm. Right? Sometimes mm-hmm. we are, we're saying, oh yeah, we're a team and we're collaborative. Uh, but really, don't wait for the other department. Okay, just let's do it ourselves. Exactly. Right? You know, so, so sometimes the rhetoric and the reality is there's a bit of a there's a bit of a chasm, a big divide. Yeah, between. yeah, and it takes intentionality, right? And it also takes courage, especially when you're in this always on, never good enough. We'll replace you tomorrow. When you're stuck in that fight or flight, that hunkering down, that moat building, um, boy, does that take some courage to step up and go? You know what? Okay, even if worst case scenario, I get laid off tomorrow for building bridges across this moat, then this isn't the right place for me anyway. Like, I mean, at some point you have to get to the point of aligning with your personal values, right? And then standing into your, honestly, your greatness, because I think organizations want you to do it. Yes, there are toxic workplaces. And yes, sometimes there are ramifications you can't even see when you are trying to build that bridge. Mm -hmm. I still dare you to do it because at least then, you know, mm-hmm. it's better to know than not know. Yeah. 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 And what a gift these people, this people or person gave you. Um, and how many, how many people listening right now wish they could say that to their boss? Be like, you're listening to respond, not listening to hear, you know, mm-hmm. can we try this again? And um, I work with my clients a lot and I use this phrase, how might we, because I feel like it opens everything up just enough so that you don't have to say yes to everything. But it also makes you um, think and respond in a different way because you're in a growth space. How might we? Mm, How could it it be? Yeah. I'd like to borrow that. Please do. Yeah. I learned it from appreciative inquiry. It's one of my favorite things. How might we? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. So personal responsibility, pillar one, awareness. Where are you? Where is your, where's your moat and how much are you protecting it? And are you at your own castle? Is your department, your division? Perhaps even your company, if you're, you know, in a partnership relationship with another, you know, how many times in mergers and acquisitions, the silos happen and people act like it's not there. Right. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Okay. Personal yeah. responsibility. What's pillar two? Partnerships. You actually made a perfect segue into Do you it. love that. I didn't even think about it. Okay. Good partnerships. Job. Good job. It's about Thank the you. People, it's about the people you need, right. To get your work done. And oftentimes what happens in the partnership, I call it strategic partnerships quadrant. Oftentimes what happens is 
employees or individual contributors don't even know where their hard work and their expertise fits into a whole process, mm. right? So they don't know that by, oh, so it'll take me an extra day or two to get this information to Lisa, that I, that, that the impact that I am putting on to Lisa might be astronomical. She might mm-hmm. lose a sale or she may miss a deadline for getting yeah. software. She may miss a go live date because I don't understand the partnership between what I do and what, and what somebody else does. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's not just within departments, right? It's not just between, you know, accounting and marketing or IT and sales and mm-hmm. service. And it's not only that, it's between your vendors and your leadership team and your board members uh, and your clients, right? It's mm-hmm. all those partnerships. It's understanding the connections between them uh, that I think is most important in this particular quadrant. Okay, so here we go again. And I, I, this is just, this is, our, this, it's like if you and I were at a coffee shop, right? We're going. Okay. OMG, when you think about software and hardware and the multiple layers that have to go through from design to final, you know, tape out, if you will, and all the intricacies, because all of the specialists, right, are writing their pieces of code for this piece that then has to get to the next. And what I always see is the compounding when you get to the end of the line. And you're between all of that and then the customer um, and all of the dependencies. So I'm thinking about, you know, you said strategic partnerships. What's one um, tip you would have? Let's say you're the caboose and you're frustrated as hell because everybody up the the ladder, uh, you know, in the process, not necessarily hierarchy, but, you know, earlier on in the process you know, gives you things late or, you know, the slips by two days or whatever. And then to compress, compress, compress. And at the end, these people are working night and day to make sure all of that gets factored in and it gets out the door correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, can you just talk about that? I don't even know my question, but I know that's a reality that a lot of our listeners are in. Yeah. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure exactly where you're going, but I'm going to guess. Yeah. Let's just try it. Let's just, yeah. yeah. I think it's like, how do we make sure that uh, I'd like to use the um, example of a baton. Okay. How do we make sure that every time we pass the b- baton, go from step to step to step, yep. person to person, department to department, whatever, that um, we are doing it, A, with integrity, of course, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, quickly and understand, like, I think if we could just help everybody that's going to be involved in the process to say, let's do a big whiteboard. This is what it's going to look like. Right. I think mm-hmm. we forget to tell everybody the big picture. So they think their part is the only picture. Oh, I see what you're saying. So yes, your guess is right with where my head's going. And what I'm trying to figure out is for that last recipient of the baton and the baton's mangled and it's, you know, fell down on the ground and it's really, it's worn and torn, but then that baton has to get passed to the customer, bright, shiny, and beautiful and the person receiving it, it's like, doesn't anybody give a shit about this crap you just handed me? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, why do I keep getting crap? I've got this amazing process. We've all our checklists. We do great things, but you're killing us. And I don't feel, feel like you care. Like, how can somebody in, in this land, like if you were consulting with the leader who's just fed up and frustrated and like, nobody gets it, um, what, what's something they could do um, to build that bridge and to build that awareness without just being burnt out and frustrated because they're constantly giving up nights and weekends to make up for other people's 
in their eyes, lack of quality. Yeah. And, and I don't believe any, any one of those prior people said, you know what? I, I think I'm going to do the worst possible job. <laughs> I think I'm going to give them shit, you know? Right. <laughs> you know what? They'll just fix it later. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Like yeah so it's like it. almost like assumed positive intent is number exactly, one, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. my best advice is, and, and it, is it going to, everybody says, Kiki, I don't have time. You don't have time not to do this. Dude, because you don't have time not to do money, this. Waste, I'm sorry. I'm with you. I said, dude, okay. you don't have time not to do this. Yeah. You don't keep have time going. not to do it. I think up, I'll give you an example. When I work on my projects, I think the time, the time I spend up front, when I'm in the middle of a project, we're, we're, we're already way into it. It's too late. But mm-hmm. if we can spend the time up front asking questions like, who's going to be involved with this? What's the actual time frame we need to create in order to get this done on time, if not early? Mm-hmm. What are the possible challenges we're going to see? What resources do we have? Do we have them? Like we, instead of waiting until the end when we don't have what we need, have mm-hmm. a conversation, have an interdepartmental, interprofessional, interteam member. Mm-hmm meaning up front. Now, will you get it all? No, but you'll be 80% of the way done. And then you only have to deal with 20% of the chaos, not a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I I just think um, what you're saying is so important. And I, and I also know that when you're burnt out, stressed out and worried about just getting the product out the door, you I don't have time. So I just want to really say this isn't Kiki's not suggesting. I don't think, tell me if I'm right a four day offsite every month to determine this, right? I think what you're really saying is let's agree on handoff criteria, what quality looks like. You know, Brene Brown says paint done. And I used to go paint done. And she's like, you might think done is different than someone else has done. So agree what done looks like, paint it, right? Draw me a picture of what done looks like. And that's what I'm hearing you say is it's not so much you have to go off in these big old retreats and figure it out. It really, it's about aligning on the criteria for that baton to be handed off. And then I also think from my own perspective and experience here is that, you know, yet you're going to need a wiggle room, good enough versus perfect, but what's the threshold for good enough to be acceptable to move on. Yeah. Right. Because nothing's perfect. And yet, you know, for you to have quality standards, you need to, you want it in the best way you can receive it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also, one thing that I learned a long time ago, which was really fascinating to me when we did have team meetings or, you know, quarterly business reviews, there was a program instilled a while back called a day in the life of, Mm -hmm. and I would just like your thoughts on this. So for instance, the corporate engineers, right, had one job and the sales engineers had another and the sales engineers thought the corporate engineers didn't get it. The corporate engineers thought the sales engineers. So we had a sales engineer come in and talk about what their life was like, their pain points, their frustrations, what's working. And we had a corporate engineer come in and say what their life was like. And both sides were like, I had no idea you had to deal with that. I I didn't know that when I did this, that happened to you. So I'm curious, is a day in the life of sort of an example of something that would help in pillar two with the strategic partnerships? Am I I putting that in the right frame? I think it's wonderful. And so the next time you have, you know, uh, one of your meetings, you invite somebody else that you need. Maybe it's the department that causes you the most trouble. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine that. I'm just trying to figure out why we keep having trouble with this department. We're not having trouble with everybody else, but boy, mm-hmm. this piece, invite them in and have that discourse. I swear mm-hmm. Lisa dialogue solves everything. Right. Mm-hmm. But you got to make time for the dialogue up front, not when 
the, the project. Yeah, not in crisis. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And not when you're burnt out Mm -hmm. because you're not at your best. This requires, you know, hydration and sleep to be able to be fully present and and receive what you're hearing and not be defensive or shut down or agenda focused. You know what I mean? Like your own personal agenda. Yeah, this is really okay. So pillar one, personal responsibility, making awareness. Pillar two, strategic partnerships and really looking for where you can hone that and nuance and create a stronger partnership, right? With, mm-hmm. with truth. Yep. Yeah. Okay. What's three? Going around the matrix processes. Policies, oh, yeah. <laughs> Boy, do you see me just lining? If anyone's listening, I did not have a cheat sheet. I'm honest to goodness, just talking and look, we're talking process now, right? Painting yep. done. And what's, what's the handoff. Okay. Yep. yep. I was just in a, in a client's office the other day, and we were talking about this quadrant. And it's, it's interesting, especially now, you know, during a pandemic, right? When we're filming that, when we're recording this, um, our policies and procedures and processes are getting us into a little bit of a trouble because they used to work pre-pandemic and they're not working for us now. For example, in hiring, right? Yep. What used to be a great parameter for a salary no longer is working because we can't get people in the door. And, and the thing we need to know that policies and procedures and policies, they, they provide structure, right? Uh, mm-hmm. That's a well-run department and an organization allows us to scale. Mm-hmm. What happens is, is we have some of these policies, procedures, and processes that have been in place for the last 30 years and nobody <laughs> looked at them 30 years ago. Yeah. What makes you think they're still going to work now? Or yep. they worked when we were a $10 million company and now we're a $50 million company. Or, um, you know, that was when we only had one software. Now we have, you know, 16 different uh, packages mm-hmm. to sell. Or this was only when we were a software developer. Now we install two. You know, so yep. you have to understand that our manuals and, and our policies and procedures, they're, they're living documents. And sometimes we have to look at them and say, this is just not working for us anymore. Not that it's not working for me anymore. This is not giving you permission. This is so good. Follow the rules and regulations. Yep. But ultimately, as an organization, is this policy um, serving us well? Mm -hmm. Because we talk, you know, everybody talks about a VUCA environment, you know, volatile. Yeah. has been around since the 80s. You know, it's always Dude, been that way. Life is VUCA, baby. Yes. Every <laughs> yeah. minute of every day that I've yeah. been uh, Volatile, business. uncertain. Wait, what does it stand for? Volatile, volatile uncertain. Um, what's the- uh, Chaos like or that? changing? Changing and something else. Yeah, so anyway, funny. if you're I'm listening, you can make so it up, but we all know what it means. Chaos yeah. and, yeah. you know, uncertainty. There we go. Yeah. And I'll think of the others in a minute. But yeah, so- mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's crazy. We know it, yet we allow- structure that we've put in place to hold us back mm-hmm. from making the change that we know we need. Like, you know, I, I talk about this in one of my videos, like when somebody asked me, do Kiki, do your employees know that things need to change? I go, are you kidding me? <laughs> they drive home every night going, if anybody would just listen to me, I would tell them it wasn't going to work. This process yep. doesn't work anymore, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but mm-hmm. they don't tell the leaders mm-hmm. because they don't think it's their right, their role, whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah. We have to understand that, yes, you need structure, but we, meet, we need to make sure, A, it's still applicable and appropriate for the world we're living in right now. And, you're, and I don't mean change it every day. Yeah, yeah, I hear sure you. It still works. And that we're all committing to following it. Yeah. Some people I, um, don't have to. 
Other people think they're supposed to based on our style. I follow rules. I don't follow rules. So. You know what I know about myself? What? You know, people are like either ask for permission or ask for forgiveness. They land in two camps, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this I'm generalizing, but that helps me with what I'm about to say. So when I think about whether you're asked for permission or ask for forgiveness, if you have clarity on why it matters, I think that removes some of that kind of wild west, ask for forgiveness. And it also helps the ask for permission. People understand what they're asking permission to deviate for. Hmm. And what I see this, I see this so much key. This, this right here, number three, processes and systems and procedures. I just imagine a world where leaders actually were open to hearing this. And that the people that know what's up, those people driving home this vision you you shared, found the language to be able to present it. Because I, listen, I teach influence and persuasion. And here's what I know. It can't be about you. No one's ever going to change something of that, that magnitude because it's making your life harder. It has mm-hmm. to either add value to the business, solve a problem, or mitigate a risk, right? So just for everybody yeah. listening, if you've got a great idea of something that needs to change, please, please, please don't make it about you. It will help you if you get it changed, make it about the business and the decision maker and figure out when they say yes, because that's how I believe this can change. The the other thing I I can say, full, full blown, always on never good enough where we place you tomorrow, scary as hell to raise a flag and be like, this isn't working. Like I can tell you for sure when it comes to budgets, let's just talk about that for two seconds. If I may, Kiki, indulge me. I know vice presidents, executive vice presidents that still have to get things signed off up level. I know directors that has to go two levels up and, you know, and they'll be like, well, in the budget world, you know, $10,000 is the signature authority here, but yet the cost of waiting to get yes to $50,000, right. And the three levels up and I'm, I'm being dramatic with it, but I'm also being honest. Mm-hmm. I really think there's an opportunity for those leaders that instill those like signature authority levels mm-hmm. to get really clear about the why behind that and then figure out what, what do you need to do to empower people with more decision-making and responsibility and not just keep it at the highest levels because talk about burnout and productivity issues and motivation problems. I can't tell you how many leaders are like, I have you know, 600 people in my division and I can't get a PO open. Like it's insane to me in this world right here. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying insane, not judgmentally, but I, 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 it just seems like such an easy fix, but tell me it can't be easier. It wouldn't be this hard. So what is it that I'm missing or what do we need to highlight for people that want to step into? I have an idea on how to make it better. What do they need to know? So from and you're asking me from this quadrant, right? Yeah, the quadrant of processes and systems and yeah. you know policies. Mm-hmm. In this particular quadrant, what I believe is most helpful is to have evidence. Right? Oh, we, we, amen. Mm-hmm. We can't just say, yeah, oh my God, I can't get POs cut. This is crazy. It has to change, right? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit about you, right? Totally. But if we can highlight that the last three times we tried to get a PO cut, it took six days, five people, six iterations. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, if everybody was just making $50 an hour, that was just a thousand dollar decision. Yeah. It could have been, you know? Yep. So we need to start giving evidence. P- change in organizations is hard, right? 
Mm-hmm. Our biggest enemy to any change is the status quo. It's the it's the yeah. okay. It's the average, right? It's, it's kind of working. It's working. Why why yeah. you know why raise mm-hmm. a sleep right? Why, why kick a sleeping dog? We got bigger fish to fry. You know, bigger yeah. things to do. You yeah, know, we can name every. One I check it. my email at ten and sign off on all those wrecks every night. I'm not slowing it down. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's that crazy kind of stuff that, but that gets back to me, right? Mm-hmm. I do this at 10 p.m. at night. It works for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that. See, then we swoop right exactly. back. Exactly. Yep. This is what works best for me, but just screw in 13 other leaders who are trying, for example, trying to hire people. Exactly. Right? They can't get the paperwork done because we have to wait till you decide to do it on a Friday mm-hmm. at 10 p.m. And I don't get it till Monday. And then the candidate's no longer available. Totally. Just, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Of course. Yep. So the world is just moving too fast to um, a just complain about things not working. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't need people who just complain, right? But you know that if you have a problem, come to me with three solutions. Yeah. Uh, more importantly, it's getting the evidence of why it needs to change. I think sometimes as leaders, we we wait too long and then we're just frustrated and we just blow up and then then we, yeah. then we don't get what we need because we're totally. not looking at it rationally and people don't hear it. Yeah. It requires intentional strategy, right. And also self-regulation, mm, right. Cause even in my example, I could feel the energy like, Oh, that's blah, blah. And I was like, wait a minute. <clears throat> if I'm feeling that way and I'm just on the outside, although I've been inside too, imagine that leader inside, just trying to keep their shit together and move on. And, you know, they're Friday night. They're like, Oh, well, here it all came again. Well, thanks. There goes my weekend. Cause I really need these people. Do you know what I mean? So really taking a step back. And I I think it goes back to what we talked about too, solving a problem, adding value, minimizing risk, and always, you know, saving money Mm -hmm. (laughs) and money doesn't always have to be the expenditure. Your point was very good about in my mind too, you know, how many people touched it? How many hours, what are Mm -hmm. they not working on? Cause they're, you know, checking their email every 20 minutes waiting for the approval email. Do you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So personal responsibility quadrant one, strategic partnerships quadrant two processes quadrant three and they're all intermingled right which is why you have the beautiful visual behind you mm-hmm. so what's what's number four performance metrics look at this again we're talking about evidence and data okay performance metrics talk yeah. to me my friend sometimes in organizations what happens is we're actually using data that competes against each other mm. right um so one department is being charged with quality, right? Zero defect, um, you know, mm-hmm. no errors in your coding. Is that correct terminology? Yeah, yeah you're great. Yeah. Um, however, uh, salespeople are uh, recognized for selling a process and getting it done and installed quickly. Mm-hmm. And so here we're going for quality, right? We want to get all the bugs out. And I imagine you have some really stellar people who just want 110%, oh, right? Yep. And, and want like years to just write it perfectly, but somebody mm-hmm. else has just sold it um, but because perhaps they only get, I'm, I'm just, this is an egregious example, but only yeah. get paid once the project is installed. Oh, totally. Right. Yeah. You've got your quarterly spips and your bonuses and you're overachieving and you want your money. Yeah. Right. So yeah. now we actually have, competing metrics mm-hmm. right because sales wants you to hurry up and you know the software developers the right you know the coders want to slow down because they want to get mm-hmm. it perfect so mm-hmm. sometimes we have to remember from that perspective are they competing number two is are you really honoring right through rewards and recognition are you really honoring the culture you're building mm-hmm. are you mm-hmm. saying you don't want silos 
Yet when, when you have a big problem, you send the one person who doesn't give a hoot about anybody who just blow, you know, battles <laughs> through everybody, yep. but gets it done. Yep. Right. Yeah. So once again, it's not just about numbers. It's about how are we measuring, right? How, how are we measuring performance? And so I see that all the time. They're like, no, we want camaraderie. We want kubaya. We're ready to work together. Mm-hmm. Shit, it's not getting done. Tell Mary, she doesn't care. She'll just do it. And then everybody's exactly. like, <laughs> <laughs> I love the animated explanation because that's how it is. When push comes to shove, you send in the person with a thick skin who doesn't give a shit and they get it done. Right? Right? And then, yeah. and then you send a coach in. To work with Mary <laughs> you know, Mary really needs some feedback on her delivery and her style. It's like, wait a minute, Mary's recognized and rewarded for pissing people off and pushing things through. Well, you know, people don't want to work with Mary. Well, guess what? <laughs> you did yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. This, okay. Where's the middle ground though? What's the, when you're consulting with um, these exec teams, how do you help them find that middle ground? Because as a department, as a function, right? Salespeople have comp plans. That's how salespeople get rewarded. Um, engineers have comp plans and, and, you know, there's bonuses structures and, you know, there's different things here, but where, where's the magic in that? How do, how do you help executive teams land on something that serves both? Yeah. I love that. And it's, this concept has really changed my business in the last five years, Lisa. Because prior to the last five years, I was working with mid-level managers, right? I felt that they needed the biggest help, that the executives know what they're doing, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're making the most money. They're the the highest level, you know, big titles. But what I found is that when I was working with the mid-level managers, they were hungry for the information and they were like, Kiki, this is great, but could you do me a favor? Please Mm -hmm. talk to my boss. Exactly. Please help them get, you know, drink the Kool-Aid and- Yeah, I was a little shocked by that. And then the turning point for me came- when I was working with an organization, mid-level managers, we turned things around. We were doing projects and things were getting better. And the president came to me and said, Kiki, this is great. You did some awesome work. How are you going to keep it alive when you go? <laughs> At least I was like, what? Yeah. I'm not going to keep you hard. Yeah, you own this. Yeah, right? you're it, you know? Mm-hmm. Tag, you're it. <laughs> and then I said to myself, because then I would go back into organizations a year after I worked with them where they told me how great things were and things would slide back. Mm-hmm. And I realized because the senior team wasn't living it, right? mm-hmm. wasn't mm-hmm. modeling it, wasn't working collaboratively like all the things we did. And so now what I do is I, I work with the senior teams, Lisa. Mm-hmm. They have to be the ones who learn how to... Um, role model right to 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 they they have to be they have to demonstrate what they want from the organization Mm -hmm. and it starts at the top and senior execs start silos start at the top right so we have to start with them first and one of the processes I use five behaviors of a cohesive team it really helps them because it talks about how do I help the senior team right the highest level of experts tenure what we hired them for learn how to work collaboratively and cooperatively together learn how to be vulnerable with each other learn how to engage in healthy conflict that's professional and moves us from one step to another mm-hmm. learns how to make commitment and live up to those commitments learns how to hold each other accountable right through dialogue and saying, you said you would do this, but you didn't. 
how come, right? So it mm. helps in each of our quadrants. And then we ultimately understand we're doing this for the collective good. Not me, vertical, not my vertical, mm-hmm. but for our organization. This is what's best for the collective whole. So mm-hmm. that's the middle ground. It's starting well, with a conversation. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, what I'm hearing you say that, uh, <clears throat> as any good coach or consultant would, is that you didn't give the advice of the magic sweet spot, right? Because you don't know the metric. They know the metric. You facilitate, just as I would in our own you know, worlds, have, unlocking the wisdom the collective wisdom, and then, you know, creating the space for people at that level to then decide for themselves, right? Because it's their business, right? For them to have the ah Peg, it's yours. Right. So I love, so for anyone listening, you know, when someone says, what's your advice, what's the magic, what Kiki just did, I just want to highlight. I think we don't give enough credit in general on this planet to the inner, the innate wisdom of each of us, right. And the collective wisdom that is just so profound. And so to unlock that and to really unlock heads and hearts at that time, that's the magic. Mm-hmm. Right. And I didn't, I didn't have that when I asked you the question, I asked you the question because of maybe there's a nugget and the nugget for me was that <clears throat> it's really on the leaders with support from someone like Kiki, who knows this inside and out, you know, to maybe give examples or food for thought, but they're the ones that have the answers. They do. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. They, they just, they just don't have the answers. They haven't, um, <clears throat> m- 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 what's the word I'm looking for? I'm struggling with the word. They haven't worked collaboratively on the answers, right? They all have their individual answers, but the, the real answer is how does yeah. this work collaboratively? <clears throat> yeah. You know, one of the things I always um, ask myself is what's the highest and best mm-hmm. outcome, situation, you know, result. And to me, that takes it out of just like me and like the collective, whatever it is, right? I mean, even you and I meeting before this, it's like, how do you want to feel? What are we going to do? Really? That wasn't just, it's my podcast and I want to feel great. I'm like, no, you're the guest. Like, welcome to my platform in my home. And how do you want to feel? And I always come from this mindset now, not always because, you know, life, life's experience, but the highest and best. And so that I think what you're, what we're talking about here in the frame that you're talking about here with these metrics because they are going to compete. And yet as the company, you need to move forward. That might um, just be a lens people could start looking through, you know, what's yeah. highest and best for our vision of our company and our customers. Yeah. yeah? Did and I hit then, it? Then you can't go wrong. Right. Cause yep. you know, like if, if you're saying what's best for our clients, it's really hard for anybody to say, no, that's not, you know, mm-hmm. that's yeah. Love it. Yeah. Well, so let me pull us through here with the four quadrants. And, you know, knowing that control alt deletes about rebooting leadership drive, rebooting mindset, rebooting um, thoughts, right? Rebooting our health, all all aspects of this. Um, Is there a quadrant in here where you see um, the biggest tie to burnout? Oh, it's definitely in in the first, in the first one. Personal responsibility? Personal responsibility, personal ownership, personal awareness, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it, as long as you know it's personal, it's you. Mm-hmm. Because when we don't, I think that's where the burnout starts is when we take the, the weight of the world on our shoulders, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when, you, when you just can't do one more thing. And when you yeah. recognize that it could be so much easier if you, you looked at it through, a, use the word lens, if you looked at it through a different lens, mm-hmm. and perhaps, mm-hmm. perhaps I'm insulating and, and, 
and, and not allowing flow, thoughts, yeah. ideas, help people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Once, you, once you just turn that on its head and realize it could be better, I think that helps burnout. That's you know, it's very beautiful. interesting. I went, to, um, I went to an association meeting last night and they were asking, what have you learned over this last year? Uh, or, or what sticks out over this last year? And one of the leaders said, I never realized how many times I had to say, I don't know this mm. past year and how uncomfortable it was for me to do that, mm-hmm. right? We're so used to being the expert, the, the go-to, the person that everybody comes to that I think this whole time of the pandemic has really stressed us even more than we were before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Quadrant. Yeah. Okay. Personal quadrant. You know, it's, I appreciate you sharing that what the leader said about, I don't know. Uh, it was, I ran a session last night for a women's um, organization and what came to me in that conversation was the pull through. We were talking about when are you most effective and when are you least effective? Mm-hmm. What, you know, what characters, strengths, qualities, how do you show up and having that conversation and, you know, I facilitated small groups so people could really share vulnerably and safely and, you know, kind of let that out. And the pull through for all of it was, you know, when I'm at my best is when I take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. And it's the oxygen mask. It's, you know, all of the, I actually had someone on my podcast, uh, Dr. Dan Diamond, who brought a, a oxygen mask with us because he's a doctor. He was mm-hmm. awesome. He's like, hold on. This is the real thing. I'm like, thank you. Cause it's always the proverbial. So my point right. is, you know, when I actually saw that oxygen mask and then I hear these conversations that I'm leading, um, just how much awareness people have now, the gift of you matter mm-hmm. and you can't, you, we are, the, the system isn't set up for you to do it all by yourself. And so I, good, I just so don't do it by yourself, right? right? Yeah. That's the point of what you're saying. And I, yeah. I love that tie back there. So let me ask you this as we, yeah. so we've gone through the four quadrants, <clears throat> we've taken a look at it and we've certainly learned a lot from you with the, the work that you've done, but I want to get a little personal with you for a minute. I just wonder what's something that people don't normally know about you. I learned you were once in healthcare. Mm-hmm. You know what, what, what's a, what's a fun fact about Kiki Orski? I think you would probably not know this about me, Lisa, that I am a leadership book junkie. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you name it. And I have FOMO. I need to buy it. If uh-huh. you want to name a book, I guarantee you'd go into my Amazon account and it would be there tomorrow. Mm. I love books. If you were to go to any one of my closets or see my side of my office, it's yeah. books and books. I think they are just like full. Uh, it's, it's like my treasure chest. Mm-hmm. I, could, I could just hang out in like Barnes and Noble. I hope they never go out of business 100%, you know, mm. that, and I want my PhD. Get out. Okay. So of course there's a tie there. You're a lifelong learner, my friend. I am. And I would spend all my money on it. <laughs> One day. Courses and books and I'm a yeah. YouTube junkie. And That's beautiful. I, I, now do you like Kindle versions of books or you like no. the paper? I mean, I'll read them. Yeah. Yeah. I they're like, there. Yeah. I like, okay. Let me, let me, let me see if I can grab, I'll grab one for you. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. I love this so much. Okay. So Chick-fil-A is one of my clients, but like I, I have, I have everything. Yeah. And I love to, I'm the kind that likes to dog ear a book. Totally. Yes. Me too. I am all about markers. <laughs> I, yeah. This is okay. Like, this is like yeah. Trendy. You know, people would be like, 
this is the case. So first of all, soul sister, I had no idea. Okay. People will be like, get the Kindle and you can highlight on the Kindle. I mean, it's not the same. I don't smell the highlighter. I don't feel the paper and call me old. I don't care. I like books. I, my birthday was last week. I just got this one. And one of my friends sent it to me. I haven't read it yet. But the titles I've been thinking, well, guess what? I like to reflect. Here comes another book. I'm with you. I didn't know that about you. And I love to have that in common with you. We're going to have to have a book club. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't necessarily read 100% of them. Oh, I don't either. Oh, God, no. No, no. Yeah, you skim, you find it. It's something really. Then are you also the person that will be like, chapter seven, you got to read it now. Yeah, I probably didn't read chapter one through four. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when your book comes out, I can't wait to get my hands on it. I love that you are about to be a published author. I can absolutely see you just rocking your PhD and like standing in that. And I'm so grateful for the time that you spent with me today going through these four pillars. Um, I, I did it on purpose in the sense that I knew enough because of my you know, observation of the work that you do, but you gave us a gift in sharing so much insight for each one of those. So before we wrap this up today, what I always love to do is, you know, summarize one small action, something that the listener today can actually do, take action with, or have some sort of moment with. And I know we started off with awareness. So I'm just curious, is there a question we can leave them with or have them jot down this listener who we're, you know, really speaking to right now and is with us that would help with their awareness What's, what's a question that they could reflect on? So would it be okay if I gave you two? You do not have to ask for permission, my friend. Yes. If you had six. So because, you know, because my work is all wrapped up in collaboration, helping people work more cooperatively together, I, I may be so enmeshed in the silo world. So, so one question could be, um, could silos be actually impacting my ability to do even better than I'm doing? Okay, let's do it again. Could silos actually be impacting my ability to do better than I'm already doing? To and do I know better? that's the worst English in the world, but- It's all good, know. then I'm already doing. But I know some people will say to me, well, Kiki, you know, of course you're gonna think about silos. You know, if you give a, you know, if you give a, you go to a surgeon, they're going to want to cut. And if you're going to go to a surgeon, they're going to want to bang, you know, so you want to do, so, okay. So then, so, so just remove the whole concept of silence and say, mm-hmm. if you're struggling, if you're constantly bucking against the same challenges over and over, just dive in and figure out why. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we're so busy that we forget if we just take a little time to understand why I keep mm-hmm. having the same problem over and over again, perhaps it's one of the four quadrants. Mm, I love this so much because when I think about for anybody, you know, if you're, if you're butting your head against the wall or having the same problem over and over, you know, everyone always throws that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting different results. So we're not calling you insane. I think what you're inviting people to do is to pause and reflect on how many times has this issue happened before, you know, and what are the pull throughs or just be curious about it. And what a great Great thing. What a gift you've just given everybody. I hope so. Two it questions. doesn't have to be that way. I think yeah. sometimes we get so busy, we think, well, that's the way it's been. Mm-hmm. Well, it shouldn't be that way because that's what leads to burnout. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so here's my last question <clears throat> I always like yeah. to leave, leave with. From a standpoint of music, my listeners know that I believe in the power of music to raise my vibe, to like rise to the challenge or to be reflective and, you know, take a moment. So when you're 
in that moment of perhaps with these two questions in your own life, um, what's a song that you would go to to help you settle into that reflective space or rise to having enough courage to actually look at what's going on? What's a song that would inspire you to do that? So you, I knew you were going to ask this, right? So I've been thinking about it and I didn't want to be surprised by it. And I, my corny answer would be happy, you know, raise the happy, raise, you know. Um, oh, so because I'm happy. Right? Yeah. For real. I yep. love that. Yep. It's okay. a great song. Yep. That makes me smile. But yep. when I, and that makes me smile and puts me in a happy mood. But really, when I want to feel like I need courage and confidence and say I'm going to be wor- working with a team for the first time, and then I like the song I'm Every Woman. I, I, I oh, yeah. Every, I love the beat. It gets my heart pumping. It gets the, you know, like if I, I have my proverbial room jumping, you know? Yeah. So Is that Shaka Khan? Do you I know? know Whitney Houston, but gosh, I don't even know who sings it. It could be Chaka Khan. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know like either. This. We're going to make sure we credit the right person, but it's funny because my go-to song is Chaka Khan. And I about die. I'm like, wait a minute, Kiki, we have so much in common. I didn't even know. Like, I just, it's a pleasure getting to know you. Like, I just really appreciate you giving us your time. So happy. And I'm every woman, people. Those are your songs for today. And if people want to find more about you, find out more about you, Kiki, how can they find you? How do you like to be contacted? Where can we send them? I would love you to email me kiki at peakperformanceleader.com. Or you can get on LinkedIn, you know, Kiki Orski. I'd love to, I'd love you to see some of the stuff I'm putting out there. I would love people to engage with me. And whether you agree or disagree, I love it all because it it gets the conversation and I learn more. That's Um, beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So email and LinkedIn. Yeah. LinkedIn. we'll We'll put that in the show notes for sure. Yeah. I have to be honest, I'm not so good on Facebook. I get lost there. So I limit, I, you know, I have a curfew. I love it. Hey, way to have a boundary and, you know, live in the world that works best for you. Yeah. So I'm going to leave everybody with this thought. If you're butting your head up against things, you're more frustrated than you want to be. You're feeling burnt out, lost, like you don't even have control anymore. Um, Kiki's given us two great questions. You know, could silos be impacting your ability to do what you do even better and then really getting clear on you know why are you frustrated what's contributing to it i just invite you to reflect on that today throw a song on that feels good to you you've got two ideas here and just know that you're part of a bigger system and if we go all the way back to where we started on personal responsibility i double dog dare and i invite you to those two questions and to just be curious and see what shows up you know we've got you you've got you you've got your team you've got your own innate wisdom. And it's just a moment. It's a gift you can give yourself today. Kiki, thank you for bringing that all to the table today. It was a fabulous conversation. And I've learned so much even in just this hour with you. And I'm so grateful for your time. Oh, thank you, Lisa. Thank you for making it so comfortable. I was a little nervous coming on. So thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Don't, you got nothing to be nervous about. You know, your stuff, my friend, everybody be nervous and do it anyway, be scared and do it anyway, reflect and do it anyway, because that's where the change happens. So yeah, make it a great day. And we'll talk to you soon. That was great content, but let's be honest. If you don't get the support you need and start making changes in your life and work as a leader in tech, you can expect regret and burnout in the near future. Lisa can help you get kick-ass results at work without burning out. So you can be present for the moments that matter to you and your loved ones. Take your first step at rebootwithlisa.com.